This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Matter of fact, if somebody near you has their hand up, make connection with them right now. Father God, right now in the name of Jesus Christ, we believe in the power of God. We believe in the Word of God. Your Word says that by the laying on of hands, the things will receive. Father, as these are making connection now, and those who no one's around them, Lord, I pray now, making connection with them, that in the name above all names, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, that every wall shall fall, every bondage shall be broken. I feel the Holy Spirit now. I need agreement in this place. Where two or three agree together on anything, it shall be done. Father, we agree right now for healing virtue to begin to flow. Lord, we pray that cancer will be ru- will, uh, will, will be destroyed and, and, and that life will be returned to these. Father, we pray for, for healing uh, in marriages and situations. Lord, somebody thought that you didn't even hear their whispered prayer, but God, I thank you that you see their hand now. And in Jesus' name, I declare there is only one name under heaven by which man can be saved. And Lord, we're not only talking about just our salvation, but we're talking about the one whom we put our trust in. I quote Psalms 108, who will carry us through to the strong city? There is none but the Lord who is able to do this. Our only hope, our only refuge, our only trust is in the name of Jesus Christ. And in Jesus' name, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise of our heavenly Father. Now, come on, lift him up, lift him up, lift him up in this place. Come on, you can do better than that. Give him a mighty praise. Why don't you do better than that? Give him a mighty praise. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Yes. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. You know, we're in the shout series. Uh, I guess some of you are getting it. Amen. Uh, See, this is what we believe, that we have a problem in our lives as saints, and that you have to read the Word, believe the Word, and act upon the Word. It doesn't do just to read it. You have to then put it into your heart and value it, and then you have to act upon what you value. Your values are what guide your your decisions. Remember just a few months ago, they called you value-driven voters. What you value drives your actions. And I feel the Holy Spirit as I'm speaking to you today that God has called us to this series because we're challenging people to believe, let me just say it again, to believe the Word of God, not just read it, but to believe it and then begin to act upon it. That the Word of God becomes alive in who you are. And the Psalms, we're in the Psalms, and you can go ahead and open your Bibles to the book of Psalms 37. Look, I know we went long singing, but is it okay if I preach for just a few minutes this this morning? That wasn't strong enough. Can I preach for just a few minutes this morning? All right. Now, look, I had to leave at the beginning of this service. I have preached my heart out in the last two services. I feel like a train has run over me this morning, but I promise you, I'll give it everything you've got if you get, I've got if you give it everything you've got. Come on. Amen. And, and, and here's what I, I feel with all that's in me. And I feel the Holy Spirit uh, that, that the Psalms, the reason God has us in them is because they're not just made to be read, but they're made to be spoken. Sometimes you've got to speak the truth. You've got, to, you've got to speak that thing out of your life. Sometimes it doesn't become reality until you speak it. 
I'll never forget years ago, and I, I, I was standing in a room with this beautiful little lady right here, and I, and I, I she was, I loved her, but she wanted to hear that I loved her. She was like, you need to either say it or show me what your commitment issue is here. But see, I didn't like those people who went around and told everybody, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. I'm like, oh, you're not the one for me. Because when I said it, I wanted to mean it. And I'll never forget that day. I, 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 I saw, uh, Charlie was watching Fred Flintstone the other day, and I saw uh, him trying to say, I'm sorry. And it reminded me of the night I said, I love you for the very first time. He was, uh, because once he said it, it was reality. And I knew that once I said it, though, I felt it and I meant it, but I, I, I didn't want to scare her away too soon. But I, I, and, and she's looking at me like, what are you trying to say? You just need to say what you're trying to say. And finally, I'm like, I love you. <laughs> Thankfully, she ran toward me, not away from me. Now, come on. Amen. <laughs> amen. Somebody's giving her a clap. Lord bless her soul. Come on. Amen. All right. But. It became reality when I spoke it. And the Word of God, the Psalms that we, we, we were studying right now, they are made to be spoken. When I was standing there in the city of David and I began to speak the prophecies that the, the great prophet of old spoke and said, speak to these stones, it, I felt it on the inside, but when I spoke it out of my mouth, it changed the atmosphere that I was in. And so what we're talking about is how you have to bring these things into place and begin to speak them into reality. And now what we have in Psalms 37 it are several verses that you should be able to quote. And if you can't, it's time to learn. These are essential verses to the Christian faith that will become important for you to speak. They will become imperative to become a part of your life. And so today I want to ask God to open these to us. And we're going to dive in really quickly to Psalms 37. Father, I ask you today, speak to our hearts, change our lives. And let something about this catch. Lord, let it catch in your people. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Psalms 37, I'm actually surprising some of you. I'm using the King James Version of the Bible today. And it says, fret not. How many, what's the last time you, since you told someone, now don't fret? It's not really a terminology we use, but it's very important for us today. Fret not, just say that with me, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Watch this now. And in, in the verse I'm reading, and wait patiently for him and do not fret. Do not fret. Now, when I say fret, more modern versions say do not worry. Worry or fretting, there's no one in this room that's struggling with that, right? We can move on past this. Oh, I'm going to take your, your chuckle as a, as a sign that maybe we need to start right here. That the scripture really is, is emphatic here. It says, hey, when it comes to fretting, when it comes to worrying, don't do it. Stop. 
Stop letting it control who you are. Stop allowing it to control your life and direct your life. Some of you have worried about things that could not have ever possibly come into reality in your life, and they destroyed the reality God wanted to come into your life because you were so worried about things that never were going to happen in the first place. And you worried yourself into the situation you're in. I want you to understand today, as we've been talking about speaking the Psalms, speaking out in praise, speaking out the Word of God, that worry is one of the greatest hindrances to worship. When you are worried, you will get down on your knees at home, and instead of praising God the way you should, instead of praying, what you do is you bow your head, you start praying, and before long, your mind does a, does a sidetrack, is how I call it. You get over here, and you're telling everybody what you wish you could tell them about the problem you're mad about. You're thinking about who hurt you, who wounded you, who struggled, and you can't even pray anymore. You can't even worship anymore because worry has a hold of you. You think you're never going to come out of what you've been dug into. You think you're never going to get your victory, and your worship can't break out because your worry is weighing down your worship. Let me just make this real plain to you. Some of the greatest example of victory and powerful worship is when you decide, I don't care what I'm facing. I don't care where I am. God is God, and I break through, and I still give God some praise. Why don't we just do that? that now. Give him some praise. Hallelujah. But the problem is worry is sort of like a low-grade fever. You can live with it and keep moving. I didn't want to hug anybody in the 815 service this morning. They came in like this. Hey, hey, pastor. I said, man, it's good to see you. God loves you. <laughs> I mean, it was almost like 90% of the crowd, <laughs> pastor, pastor. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, there's not going to be any laying on the hands today. Come on, amen. But, you know, now I'm worrying. I guess I'm, that was, a, never mind, let me preach on. <laughs> but worrying is a low-grade fever. You see, you can keep functioning, but you're just not where you're supposed to be. Or it's sort of like, and if you could get that pebble you received when you, when you came and get the pebble in your hand. And look, I, I'm just really disheartened with this third service. I, they said an overwhelming number of people said, can we throw these at the pastor? <laughs> take that in your hand. <laughs> Some of you need to be convicted right now. That was you I was talking about. But take that in your hand. That, have you ever had, and some of you may have got a large one, I got a perfect size, one of these in your shoe what do you do when you find one of these in your shoe? Stop and get it out. Yeah, you stop and get it out, but not if you're on a job interview. What do you do with it? I mean, if you're on a first date, I mean, you don't sit down and go, whoa, you know, and take it out. You don't want them to see your feet on the first date. You know? Did you just say you didn't want to see my feet on the first date? We're going to talk to you later. Come on now, Amen. We have a private sermon later. But, it's, you know, I, we had somebody, a young man that works in a, a grocery store, and I, he was kind of looking at me like he was a little puzzled last service, and I just called him by name, and I said, let's just imagine you're working up here at your grocery store, and you find a pebble in your shoe, and, and, and you're on aisle 12, and, and, and all of a sudden, do you just sit down right where you are and just pop off your shoe and take off your sock? I mean, could you imagine that? Somebody's dressed in the, in the uh, grocery store stuff, and you come around the corner, and they, they're, they're pulling between their toes. I said, what would your manager say? Not appropriate for where you are. So what do you do when you find a pebble in your shoe when you're out in public? So it's really kind of, it's really a science. You, you kick your foot up sort of like this. 
get as much space in the back of your shoe as possible. Then you crunch up your toes and you try to let it fall into that little bitty part of your shoe that just gets it, just barely, Pastor Don, what's spiritual about this? I'm getting there, okay? That just barely gets it connected to where you are and it gets connected to where you are and you say, okay, I can live with that. I can work with that until I can get somewhere to deal with this. But here's the problem. You get caught up and you can't get there and before long, you've been dealing with that far too long. God sent me with a message to tell some of you today that worry's been ruling your life far too long. You put it in a place in your life where you thought you could deal with it, where you thought you could put up with it, but the pain that it's brought you, it's time for it to be broken. It's time for you to be released from that. And the word of God says, fret not, worry not. And you need to get it in your heart that every time you start breaking the word of God and allowing worry to take over you, that that's not God's plan. And you need to begin to speak it as it's not God's plan. The word says, worry not. I'm not going to let this control me. I'm not going to let this change my path. I'm not going to let it keep me out of church. I'm not going to let it keep it from God's plan for my life. Worry is not going to control me anymore. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to get it out of my life. I feel that today, man. So here's where we are. If worry is that thing in your life, what do you do with it? Well, it's real simple. Psalms 55 and two tells us what to do with it. It says, cast your cares upon the Lord. Give it to Jesus. Turn it over to him. But I'm wondering how many of us don't know what to do next. And, and, and this blows my mind. People will come run up to me going, I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. I, I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't know what you're supposed to do? Uh, well, I want to know what God wants plan is about this. I'm like, well, God's word says this, but, but I still don't know what I'm supposed to do. It reminds me, I was six years old. There was something that I wanted to participate in, and our church taught that it was sin to participate in that. And so I went to my parents, and I said, is there any way I could just get away with it this one time? My parents, pretty smart, and they said, Don, why don't you go up to your room and pray about it a little while? So I went up to my room. I remember getting down beside my bed. I don't remember much after that, but I do remember when I came back down the stairs. My parents said to me, well, what did God tell you? And I looked at them just as honest as I could be at six years old, and I said, he told me it'd be all right if I did it just this one time. <laughs> just one time. I can get away with it once. And see, that's the problem. Most of us, we know what we're supposed to do, but we're begging for an answer of what we should do because we're not willing to do what we're supposed to do, and we want to get away with that sin just one time. Here's what the Word says will deliver you from worry. Are you ready for it? It's a two-part process. It's, it's how many parts? Two parts. Ready? The next verse, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord. If you want to deal with a worry that's under the surface in your life, there's two things you're going to have to learn. Trust in the Lord and do good. Now look, trust in the Lord. You're going, Pastor, don't just give me that. I, that's not going to work for me. Why not? It's sort of like when I was a young pastor, I'd call my dad up and I'd say, dad, I just don't know what to do. And my dad, my dad would always have the same answer for me. And I got to where I didn't even want to talk to him anymore about stuff. I, I wanted him to agree with me, tell me everybody else was wrong. I was right. And then tell me how to fix the problem. My dad had one answer, and this was his answer. He would tell me every time, and I got so sick of it, I would even lead off with saying, I know what you're going to say, but... And he'd look at me and still give me the same answer. I'd say, Dad, what do I do about this? He said, Son, if I were you, I'd pray about it. I'm like, but I need help. He said, that's where you're going to find your help. When I became a pastor that people were talking to, I'd start laying out some plans and laying out some things. Wait, we need to do this. We need to do that. But the older I've gotten, I've learned something, that probably the best advice I can give them is... 
you need to pray about it. And it's the same thing. Trusting in the Lord is a broad spectrum of thing for your life. It works in almost every situation. You're going, Pastor Don, I just don't know if that'll work for me. You don't know what I'm facing. No, you don't understand the power of broad spectrum. It's sort of like amoxicillin. Not a single amen. All three services. Amoxicillin is an antibiotic that is called a broad spectrum antibiotic. And you take or give amoxicillin when you want to deal with anything from acne to pneumonia, uh, salmonella poisoning. I mean, all, all different kinds of things can be dealt with with amoxicillin. And amoxicillin is useful because it just affects across so many things. So what would begin to happen if you learn? Now, remember, you're supposed to read it. After you read it, you're supposed to believe it. After you believe it, you're supposed to begin to act upon it. So what would happen? Well, I feel the Holy Ghost as I'm speaking to you today. What would happen in your life if all of a sudden, instead of letting worry cause you to walk with a limp and worry to drive you, keep you from worshiping, to keep you from serving God, what if all of a sudden, whatever's been bothering you, whatever's been laying you down, when the enemy comes to you and says, you're never going to get out of this, you're never going to recover, you're never going to find your strength again, you're never going to be who God called you again. Instead of believing the words of the enemy, you started quoting the word of God. I will not live in worry and I will trust in the Lord. I believe God's in control. I believe God's able. I believe God's faithful and I will trust in the Lord because the Lord has never let me down. Let me just say it this way. If he's never let you down, would you give him a praise like he deserves in this place today? I said he's never let you down. If trusting in the Lord didn't work for you, then we probably need to talk afterwards because I bet you didn't do step two. But step one is always the right place. Trust the Lord. Stop trying to trust yourself and fix it in your own way and do what the word says. God, I'm going to honor you. I'm going to trust you. And then he said, after you start trusting me, are you ready for this? Do good. Watch out now. That's the part we don't like. We all like to celebrate. I'm trusting you, Lord. Lord, you're going to fix this. Yeah? Well, while I'm fixing it, you do right. Keep singing. Keep praising. Keep believing. Keep going to God's house. Keep serving the Lord. Keep honoring his commands in your life. Pastor, I just don't know what to do. My neighbor hurt my feelings. Well, what you need to do is trust the Lord. He's going to give you the opportunity to have victory and peace in your life. And then you do good. And the good means you forgive them. And you do good unto those who've done wrong unto you. You do what the word of God says to do. Pastor, I don't know what the good thing is to do here. What God's word says. Y'all missed it. I said you do what God's word says to do. You keep doing it no matter what. You trust the Lord and you do good and it will work out for you. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Don't make a preacher bring his own amen to the pulpit. It will work work out for your good. Come on now. If you do what God's word says to do, it will work out for your good. You need to learn to say that one. Can I? The problem is your worry is in your heart, and I can tell you why it's in your heart, because you run around saying things like, this is never going to be better. This is my life's always been this way. You don't understand. I I never win. And worry's in your heart because the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaketh. 
What you need to do is Philippians 4, whatever things are good and just and lovely and pure, you need to begin to speak the Word of God. I'm going to trust God in this. What are you going to do? I had somebody call me just the other day, and they're facing a mountain that's the same mountain I'm having to face on a situation. And, and literally, this is what they said. I can't do it for this, and I can't do it because of this, and I can't do it because of that. And I'm thinking, why are you giving up before you've even trusted God? And I literally facing that mountain, I thought I can do that or I can go and I got on my knees and I said, God, I don't know how this is going to happen, but I'm asking you to show up and show out in such a way because you're the one who said for it to happen and I'm trusting you, God. I'm believing you. And I began to confess what God can do. And when I got up, I wasn't discouraged anymore. I was uh, rejuvenated with strength to move forward and trust the Lord. What do I do until it comes through? Good. And what's the word say next? It says, delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. What that delight means is that you thoroughly enjoy spending time with God. God says, until you enjoy time with me, you're going to be struggling. So what do we have to do to enjoy time with God? Here's the problem. We, we, we end up in trouble because we don't feel like we should be able to enjoy time with God because we know how bad we are. And the, and the problem with that is you're basing your righteousness against his righteousness and you're never going to measure up. Peter Marshall said it this way. I just love the way uh, Peter Marshall said this. He said, we are too Christian to enjoy sin and too sinful to enjoy Christ. Say that again. We're too Christian to enjoy sin. We're not going to go there and act that way, but we won't get in here and act the way that God's called us to and worship his holy name because we feel too sinful and too unworthy. I am thankful that I'm in a house that you don't have to be perfect to lift up holy hymn. I am thankful that I'm in a place that we can go before a God and declare we may not be perfect, we may not be righteous in all our ways, but God is and he's still worthy and he's still holy. Good is the Lord and great is his name. You see, and here's the beauty of what it says next. He will give you the desires of your heart. He will give you the desires of your heart. How many of us have quoted that verse over something we had no business quoting it over? I did it one time over a car. Lord, I just really want that car. <laughs> and the Lord was good to me. And He let me go to an auto show and that car was on display. I walked up to that car it had the perfect lines. It was beautiful. It was not in my price range, but I knew how to struggle and make it possible. Because I had faith. Come on now, amen. And I got to that car, and I said, I'm just going to sit in it and dream for a while. And I got one leg in that car and realized that the foreign company that had made that car had designed it for somebody about that high. Come on now. Christine Arlene, like, we could drive that car. Come on, amen. But about that high, I, I'm ashamed to say it, but I literally had to look at the guys with me and say, somebody help me out. I can't even get out. I'm so glad that God did not give me what I was asking for because he didn't promise us that scripture so that we could quote it for things that are, that are houses we don't deserve and cars we don't even fit in or, or lustful desires we have no business having. What that verse literally says, if you translate it the way that it was written, it says that God will conceive in you what your heart should be after. You see, when you conceive, things change. The way that I knew that Bethany was on the way to this world was I showed up to pick Christina up at work one night, and she was hungry, and, I, and you have to feed her on schedule. And I, and I said, uh, <laughs> just got your back about the feet coming. But anyways, amen. Um, 
And so I said, honey, are you hungry? And she said, yeah. And I said, what do you want? She said what she always says. Well, I don't care. And I said, well, uh, uh, since you don't care, and I always throw something, and she, she didn't like it the time out. I said, well, how about Mexican food? And she said, that sounds delicious. And my face went like this because she hated it. And I said, get a pregnancy test now. <laughs> and she's like, what? I said, that's not you. Something's different about you. And that child that she was pregnant with sitting right there, right now. And all these years later, and I haven't, you know, I haven't even said this from the pulpit until this morning. I don't know if you know it or not, but I'm going to be a grandpa in just a few months. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and, and there's sides of that, you know, that, that I'm, I'm like, you know, Lord, protect my little child and my child's too young to have a child. You know, like I'm not old enough to be grandpa. Who said amen needs to see me later about that? <laughs> so, so anyways, what I've enjoyed about this process is watching my daughter and her husband as they've gone through this process of preparing our, our, our new little grandson to arrive. And as that is happening, it's, been a, it's amazing to watch what she does with things she used to like. There was a food that she used to enjoy, and literally, I'm sorry, there's only way to demonstrate that if you're listening, I'm about to throw my hands over my mouth because she goes, Oop. what she used to like now makes her nauseous. And things that she would have never considered, God bless Adam's poor heart. He has to get up in the middle of the night and go find those weird concoctions because she has conceived. And as she has conceived, it's changing who she is. And so what the literal translation is this, is said, if you start enjoying the presence of God, God will start putting something on the inside of you. And when God puts it on the inside of you, what you don't want to be doing is going to become nauseous to you. You're going to stop enjoying the sin that you think you can't let go of now. And what you do want to start doing is going to become attractive to you. And God's going to change. Am I making sense to any Today. God's going to change who you are. And as God changes who you are, you're going to begin to come alive in the things of God. See, here's the thing. Some of you are going, Pastor Don, I can never break this. I can never move into enjoying the presence of God because I have this one thing chasing me. No, you haven't got pregnant with faith in God yet. Get pregnant with faith in God and you will begin to change. Amen. Why don't y'all stand up or I'll preach all day. The word says, commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. The one little old lady, George Foreman told the story in his book, My Corner. The one little old lady said this. She said, she said, my favorite scripture, and it's in the Bible 396 times, is it came to pass. I have quoted that when I'm facing struggles. It came to pass. But here's another one that God's been stirring in my heart more. Psalms 37. If I'm trusting the Lord and I'm trying to walk according to His path, listen to me, somebody needs to get this. Somebody thinks that there's no way you can win where you are. You can win. Because if you commit your way unto the Lord, listen to what it says, and trust also in Him, He, who? He shall bring it to pass. So when the devil tells you, 
You might as well give up. You said, no, 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 you don't understand. I am committed unto God. I'm trusting God to bring me through this storm, and he's going to bring it to pass. He's going to deliver me. He's going to set me free. He's going to give me victory. He's going to, my goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost of God today. He's going to bring victory into my life. Amen. He will bring it to pass. God's word is true and faithful. Get that rock out of your pocket real fast. Get it out of your pocket real fast. Hold it up. Hold it up. Because here's the deal. I'm just going to obey the Holy Ghost. I feel God in this place. And you know, this is normally the time that I, you bow your heads and you raise your hands and we move through and the service is done and all that's over, but not today. So here's the thing. Some of you, just shake your head if I'm right. You know exactly what the pebble is you've been worrying about. Am I right? Shake your head at me if I'm right. You know exactly what it is. So here's your question today. Will you obey the word of God that says, stop, stop worrying about that. Will you obey the word of God in Psalm 55 and two that says, cast your cares upon the Lord. Why? Because he cares for you. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody's about to get pregnant with purpose in this place and victory's coming where your worry is that there's, there's going to come hope with you. Here's what God told me to do today. This is plain and simple. Go ahead and bow your heads if you would. As you move that around in your hands, you hold it in your hand, some of you will say, I, I'm not ready to let go. And I beg you to let it go. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost. My goodness, God's delivering. There's some deliverance happening right here, right now. There's victory happening right here, right now. But some of you will say, Pastor... I'm ready to cast this worry. I'm going to lay it down. You're going to say, this is silly. This is just a rock. No, you are literally doing what I said. You are hearing it. You're reading it. You're hearing it. We're reading it together. Now, if you believe it, will you act upon it? And these altars are big enough for this. If you're ready to cast that thing before the Lord, whatever it is, these altars are always open. But if you're ready to cast that thing before the Lord, there's already stones all over this altar this morning from the other services. Last service, something that eats me alive in fear. If I get, a, my wife and I, we got a, just a message about something and, and it set us both off. And, and, and you know what? I took that stone and I said, I'm giving it to God. And I, here's what I'm going to do about it. I'm going to trust God and I'm going to do what's good. I can't change what they're going to do and I can't change how this is going to work out, but I'm going to trust God and I'm going to do good. If that's you and you're ready to lay it down, I want you to bring it to this altar now. That simple. Right here, right now. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.